Hello, and welcome to this episode of My Spectrum Life. We're glad you're here with us today, uh, tonight, whatever time of day or when you may be listening or watching this, if you're with us live, uh, give us a little shout out in the um, YouTube chat pod um, or on Facebook. We'd love to know that you're here with us. Um, if you're listening to us on the podcast on one of the various platforms we're on later, just uh, <laughs> give us a thumbs up or whatever. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are on Twitter. Um, so we would love to see um, some comments and uh, hear from y'all. Isn't that right, Miss <laughs> Kelsey? <laughs> Good evening. How are you doing today? Oh, we're doing all right. It's, it's been a Monday. <laughs> It is Monday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I know for all of us here, especially within the United States, I'm sure, you know, it's what, April 6th, 2020. So there's still a lot of us um, that are still, you know, can't go too much of anywhere. All right. the days are running together. They're called, what is it, day days now? Yeah. Well, it was that day. What is that day? day? Yes, what what are day? that day? I hope yeah. everybody's doing all right with everything going on. Um, I pray that you guys are healthy and are continuing to combat and protecting yourself against this icky virus. Yes. So our household to everybody out there as well. because It's some scary business. It really but is. We're not going to be scared. Nope. We're going to do what um, our leaders have told us to do. And we're going to keep moving forward because that's what we can do. And while we are, you know, taking some time out from our busy lives and things have been slowed down, we can have some opportunities to catch up on podcasts and various things and maybe take some time to um, look into the subjects that we have wanted to learn about, but we have the, the time to learn about them. And right now is the perfect time. Um, and one of the things, of course, that we think y'all should learn about is <laughs> autism what it really means and how it's affecting the lives of those who are on the spectrum and those around, um, those who are on the spectrum. That's why I chose to call this my spectrum life because it's my son's spectrum, but it's also my spectrum because I may not be on the spectrum, but the spectrum affected me. And that's the autism spectrum, <laughs> not whatever else a spectrum. I'm talking specifically about the autism. Right. It's a and ripple it, and, effect. Yeah. And it, it's affected your life differently, too, because you have an, a, a spectrum life as well. Right. <laughs> I do. I um, come into people's houses or I teach and work with these kids with autism. And I love it. Each one is different. And each one shares a special memory within my heart. So. Yeah. And that's that's how we got together. Um, and that's how we decided to um, start this podcast. Um, do this. and. Today, we kind of wanted to touch on something, um, start touching on, because April is Autism Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things around out there about autism awareness versus acceptance. Acceptance, yeah. Yeah, which is it kind of, it's interesting. Um, what are your kind of beginning thoughts on the difference um it's first thing that <laughs> it is um and there's definitely a debate that's going on that circles this um and we're not here to debate it we're just here to kind of bring light to 
that there is a debate going on. Um, with that, when I think of awareness, I think of looking, I think of seeing because you're aware of something, you notice mm -hmm. it, that it's there. Um, acceptance, I think acceptance is understanding um, that you mm -hmm. accepted it, that not only do you see it's there, but you also understand why and how to help somebody else. What about you? What do you think? Um, I've been looking at a lot of the things and I, I, I'm a, my degrees from college are in English and history. So yeah, I go, I go to the dictionary. I go to the encyclopedia. <laughs> I'm a book nut. Um, and one of the things that I brought up, um, I talked about last week was how awareness, um, can have a portion of understanding to it. And awareness, you know, in my humble opinion, awareness without understanding will never lead to acceptance. And Agreed. so you may be aware that it's happening and it's there and it's out there. But until you strive to have some understanding, you won't ever accept. Right. And so, I mean, that's kind of uh, what we have to do anymore. Um and we have to look at that in everything. You know, we can't just take everything that's on the internet at face value. Right. Um, what's that old commercial? <laughs> what was it? Uh, somebody had decided that um, this guy was a, a French model or something. You're looking at that going, <laughs> yeah, right. They're not a model. Well, no. it was on the internet, so it has to be true. Right. No. Nope. No, it doesn't. Nope. Any, and even any more, even in any printed document, whether it's in a magazine or even a book, you don't necessarily know if it has the factual information to back it up. Right. Right. So Social media it, is the worst for it. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, you always have to go through and you have to do your research. If it's mm -hmm. something that you really want to understand, you got to do your research. Right. Um, and I know that there's some um, issues it's more, it seems to be that an, uh, the older or more adult um, age uh, autism, people who on the spectrum, mm -hmm. um, push more for the acceptance. Right. Um, and they also push for a lot of different things, which is great. And I think also, you know, there's also some things that there's you know, some, some stigma about certain therapies. Mm -hmm. Um ABA being one of them. Yeah. Um, but you have to get the right person. You've got to get the right therapist. I highly, highly recommend if you are on this journey, if you have a child who has autism and looking for the right therapist, first and foremost, make sure they pair well. That's Your the, child has got to get along with the therapist. That's the key word. And that's the key foundation of ABA is making sure that they pair well. If they don't pair your ABA is going to be rigid. It's not mm -hmm. going to be what do you expect right. ABA to be? And that goes along with even in your teaching with school systems. You got to make mm -hmm. sure you pair with the kid. That's with mm -hmm. they have to. And the thing is, is what we talked about in earlier podcasts. Not only do you have to pair with the kid, but the kid has to accept you again, accept you into his mm -hmm. world. And that's a huge deal because mm -hmm. once you're there, you're golden. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard. It is. It is hard to get into because the world, well, I didn't have to work at it. As mom, I didn't have to work at being accepted. I was accepted from the get go. Cause I was, <laughs> uh, yep. 
<laughs> you know, uh, sometimes, you know, most of the time immediate family is not a difficult thing for right. um, acceptance into an autistic world, uh, autistic child's world. Right. But when you get beyond that, you have to establish a rapport. They have to know that you're going to be okay, that you're not going to hurt them. Right. That you're not going to be too harsh on them, that you can give demands, but you're also not going to give demands that are beyond what they can actually do. Right. Right. Um, so, and, and the, I mean, so that you have to, as a parent, you have to watch that with ABA. You have to watch and make sure that um, it's done in a way that's not so rigid. And this is the book. This is the only way you can have it done. And it will not work unless X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm cringing. I cringe with that because as we've said, when you see one child with autism, you've seen one child with autism. One. So one. that box, that little neat box that, you know, ABA, you know, certain ABA programs or anything is written in mm -hmm. is not going to fit. It has right. to have some flexibility in it. Right. You know, and it's hard to teach a child on the spectrum flexibility and, you know, reciprocating that. So, um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of, of things that go into that. And so, um, I would just hope that people would, you know, kind of have a, even though something, sometimes, you know, things, bad things happen, but it can't be, you can't, one of the things we always have to remember is you can't blow or put everything into right one category. Right. There's humans involved. <laughs> Therapists are humans. Doctors are humans. Um, right. And humans make mistakes. Right. So we do have to extend a little bit of grace. But that being said, if things are not right, you can find another doctor. You can find another therapist. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I've been on teams where... I, we would have four or five get changed out every so often mm -hmm. just to keep things fresh to make sure that they're not getting comfortable or right. make sure they do pair. And then you're bringing your different personalities. In. And I think mm -hmm. being human, you're bringing your own personality in. you're right. bringing and you're making sure those personalities clash, like come together and they don't clash, excuse me. And that's what right. pairing means. Mm -hmm. Can you work with this kid and still give them the demands without overcrossing their threshold mm -hmm. and can they can they look to you as a friend can they see you as fun because the more fun you have with the kid the Without more you're going to be able you're to working get, mm -hmm, the more you're going to be able to get more out of them uh, that um was, that was one ahead. thing that curtis and he's not down here so he can't yeah he didn't he was he had so much fun with you and he didn't realize oh, that he was having to do work the nope. whole time Nope. And that's that's the best part of ABA. When you can have that done, that is awesome. So right. Thank you. I appreciate it. I enjoyed every step with them. Yeah. Um, but pairing is making sure your personalities. And as I said, I've been on teams where I was the one that was only cons the only consistent one other than the BCBA, and mm -hmm. it was just a revolving door. And ABA yeah. can be it. It, the statistics are right. It is a revolving door, but it goes back to making sure you have that right pair. And once you do, don't let them go. Don't. Mm, <laughs> I know. So <sighs> We tried not to. 
<laughs> I know that's right. But that uh, is. Um, but ABA, and I know there's a lot of things circling around therapy, and it's not just mm -hmm. ABA. Um, but a lot of times, I don't want to get into it, but ABA is not punishment. I just want to make sure that's clear. ABA oh, yeah. is not punishment. Should never be punishment. No, but we do bring your kid um, into certain triggers so we can know how to ha help them handle it whenever they get out into the environment. Because you'll never, mm -hmm. truth be told, you'll never be able to control their environment. You can never control who reacts and how they react to them. Mm -hmm. So what we can do is we can bring it up to light and be, okay, this is how we're going to cope. This is how we're mm -hmm. going to work with it, but it's not punishment. It, yeah, no. Well, that's, and that's one thing not. I've always, I've always told Curtis um, at home, we can control. Mm -hmm. But once we step outside of our home or we get in the car and we step outside of that car, we can no longer. Right. You know, and that's what's being said. I, I mean, within the house or within the, within the car, what's being said and how things are happening. We can't control that anymore. And so, right. you know, that's one of the things that is so, why it's so, I'm so passionate about helping people accept him and mm -hmm. accept autism, understand, be aware of it, understand it, and so that they can accept it. Right. Is because yes, as, a, as a parent, a guardian of a child on the spectrum, you never want point and i've seen this happen um uh you know somewhat uh quite frequently lately um he doesn't want to go anywhere hmm. would never want to step foot outside the house and that is something that as parents and guardians we uh, for, of younger children we are scared to death of right. and we want to make sure that yes we understand all this stuff but how can we help them cope with the outside world Right. And on the other hand, if we have an opportunity to educate in that outside mm -hmm. world, how can we help them understand how to, uh, how right. to interact? Right. Uh, so, and that's the key the, is yeah. how to interact. And mm -hmm. I think there, that's the bridge to, between awareness and acceptance. So you brought up saying awareness is understand, like awareness is that there's an understanding that there is autism out there, mm -hmm. but acceptance is also understanding and truly accepting who they are and knowing who they are. So I think right. the bridge between the two is how do you get a child, which could look totally different from one child with autism to another oh. uh -huh. to a community and how to interact with them. Where is that bridge? And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said we need to teach both sides and how mm -hmm. to interact with one another and not just one side and i think that's going to mm -hmm. be the movement coming through i really yeah. do believe that this that's the movement mm -hmm. well you know and and sometimes it's okay you know as parents and guardians we have to understand that it's okay every once in a while we gotta let them just kind of they need to hunker down they gotta hunker down mm -hmm. right but you know it's also we're we're a child's best advocate exactly um, and the mm -hmm. more we educate ourselves the more we can show other people and right. talk to other people. And, you know, I know that one of the things that may be difficult for people to do is, okay, um, you're in a situation uh, as um, in the education system, it's a little bit different because there are laws in place that say you have to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. <laughs> there are, you know, outside of the school system, how do you handle it though? Right. You know, 
how do you make sure, you know, if, if you're in a, some, if your child goes to a group of some sort mm -hmm. um, to have interaction, are those people, I mean, are they aware, truly aware of how to, and do they truly understand how to interact? Right. Um, and I think that one of the things that is going to be good for us to do is to, to kind of bring up some of those behaviors, how right. we can interact with them. And if um, we can give some, you know, like we're, we're never going to be able to give uh, diagnostic anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and one thing that you got to understand with autism is it, it is so much trial and error. Uh, there is so much trial and error. You're right. Um, I mean, you you start with a level of educated guessing, I guess. And and even in within the educated guessing, you don't necessarily know what's going to work. And if if you have a child, anything like my child, one day it works, the next day it doesn't. So you keep adding things to that toolbox so that you are able to handle it any time. Um, let's see. One of the diagnostic categories that they, um, one of the biggest things, I think maybe I think maybe this might be one of the biggest is social interaction. Yeah. And lack mm -hmm. thereof. Mm -hmm. Um man, it's been it's it's felt like a lot of the time that's what you guys were focusing on so much in ABA. Mm -hmm. That's so, what we mostly do by that point. Mm-hmm. By the time it turned to, by the time you turned 11 or 12, based on the VB map scores, because we go off mm -hmm. of the VB map, um, the, the last VB map. VB map. Oh, I don't even know what it stands for. It I just know the that diagnostic it, tool, right? Diagnostic tool. And um, it talk, it has different categories such as manding as in asking for things um your natural environment training your gross motor skills your fine motor skills so includes all these components together um and it also sets you up for each standards um so one of them that we were by the time a kid is 11 or 12, we're hoping that they'll be on the VB map with social. And that's where we're going to teach some of your social. Yeah, we teach you social, but a lot of times we have to start from the very beginning. What do you want? Cup. Okay, here's a cup. And then you meet, you keep moving forward and forward and forward because you can eventually graduate out of ABA. Hmm. According to the VB map. <laughs> Not saying that's always true. <laughs> yeah, sometimes diagnostics may not always uh, right. on paper is on paper is one thing in all actuality and in real life is another thing. Right. And so, and you were right. We were mostly working on, um, social skills and, mm -hmm. um, working on the, how do I cope with this? How do I not cope with this? What's a better way to say this? What's a better way to say that? And mm -hmm. I think just in reality is you are asking how someone can interact with someone. Mm -hmm. I think, socially um even typical kids struggle with um right. and i personally believe that if you see a kid on an ipad because they like to be kids with on the spectrum like to be by themselves they have oh, no joint attention no, no joint attention well how do you how do you go up how do you go hey what you doing a lot of times they they won't like they okay won't respond. Your question. okay well <laughs> 
<laughs> as a kid or a sibling, because ABA can also teach siblings. So let's just start at the sibling mm-hmm. level. We would teach the sibling, okay, just start saying, hey, that's cool. You start making comments about their game. You show an interest in what they're doing because eventually mm-hmm. they'll be like, hey, look what I'm doing. And they're right. like, oh, that's so cool. And you can move forward there with them um, if mm-hmm. they're nonverbal. You see them jumping. Just go jump with them. Just go run. Right. And to them, that's, that's their world. That's, that's they, everything. That's, and that's you accepting them. And that's you interacting mm-hmm. with them. And that's just all about pairing, too. That that goes back to pairing as well. But right. that also goes back to if you take gen ed, and I see it in the schools mm-hmm. all the time, as someone's on their phone in the cafeteria, you don't see people looking at them. You, you don't, or you see them looking at them, but you don't see the interaction. And right. I see it all the time, even gen ed, even then they don't even go, Hey, look at this. They're not, there's a disconnect. Yeah. So it makes it's it almost harder. Like that scenes, those scenes in, in, uh, I don't know, uh, for a while there, Curtis, one of his favorite movies is Wally. I love Wally. And you know how on the big ship, you know, they're sitting there and they could be, mm-hmm. they would show them talking to each other and they're right side by side, but they're just staring at that screen, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't until something bumped the two characters there that they actually right. stopped the screens and started looking at each other and interacting. And um, sometimes, you know, that can be a detriment to what um, technology has done for us. Yeah. But it's also a huge, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a balance with it. Mm-hmm. Because um, one of the things that I've seen is how much technology can help with those yeah. who are nonverbal. Yeah. Because just because they're nonverbal and can't get the words out. Oh, they'll talk to mean you. They're not there. They will talk to you. Oh, <laughs> they're there. You. They're there. They will. They will. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, they will. And that's just we have to as as a whole, we have to look at them and think, what would it be like right. to be in there? And never have the capability of being able to get it out. Exactly. So taking their perspective, mm-hmm. constantly taking a walk in their, their shoes. shoes. And mm-hmm. I think that is another component. If you sat there and, be, and you asked yourself, okay, this kid hasn't looked up a couple times or even a 10th grader, a 10th grader will, or not a 10th grader, a 10 year old will even look and say, okay. He's not playing tag with us. I've asked him to. And they think to themselves, okay, how can I see their point of view? You're going to find your answer and you're going to eventually pair with them. Just because you took and said, how can I do, how do I see myself Mm -hmm. in their shoes? If I was in an iPad the whole entire time, how would I break myself from the iPad? How would I go up and try to interact with somebody like that? Mm -hmm. And there's Um, a lot of times. They don't even, they may not understand. Right. Um, oh, goodness. I I don't know if I've said this before. One of the most, you know, idioms are so rough for those <laughs> on the spectrum. I get to tell you so many stories. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we just laugh because I mean, there's, there's this time I, so we used to, you know, okay, for instance, um, in my family, whenever we got to the last drop of milk, you know, and, and we poured out the, the jug of milk, we'd say we killed the cow. Right. You know, that's because that's where you get the milk from. Right. Well, my mom made the mistake of saying that one time and Curtis just about fell off his chair because he is, he would rather, any day of the week, he'd rather be on video games with robots 
or animals right. than interact with humans because he just doesn't understand them. And it's so difficult sometimes for those on the spectrum to understand humans and their, I mean, I mean, for pity's sake, it's hard for us to understand, even though we're not on the spectrum. Right. There are just some behaviors of people that are just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we've seen a lot of those behaviors lately, a lot of those crazy behaviors, and it's hard to understand. But then you put it, you know, then you think about that and then you put it towards somebody who's autistic. That's who they are. But there's, it's like for them, it's like they're in this alien world and they're trying to figure out what in the world is going right. on. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have all our little, you know, different speaks and stuff that we say. Things like we killed the cow when we didn't really kill the cow. Or you're driving me up. Yeah. <laughs> or you're, you're, you're getting on my last nerve. Huh? How can I get on your last nerve? You know, or um, I'll never forget the day I told, uh, I said to the kids that, I mean, and I immediately sent a text within like two or three minutes after. I had no idea about the um, idioms. I said, hey, we're just, we're going to run and we're going to do this and this at the same time. So we'll kill two birds with one stone. Oh boy. It was not pretty. It was not pretty. Um, I, I, Curtis was thinking I was going to go out and start killing bo- birds with, oh, a, you know, slingshot and stones or something. I was like, no, 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 buddy. no, 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 no. It means I'm going to get two things done at the same time. Right. Oh, and he had to do a lot of work, um, both in it. ABA therapy and in his speech therapy for pragmatic mm. speech, uh, speech, learning all the different idioms that we we say on a daily basis you know and they're regional too yeah they're very much regional um we just you know moving from south carolina to tennessee there are still some things we're getting used to um you know there's a few things here and there that'll come up or like my parents are from the west coast and they come out and they say something and my you know my kid both my kids are looking at them like and I'll have to translate because I grew up there and I've come out here so I can translate. You know, there's a lot of things that we have to translate for um, those on the spectrum and sometimes just those for, living in a different area in general. And so if you just kind of take that perspective and you apply it across the board, I think acceptance would be a lot easier. And I think mm-hmm. social skills would be a lot easier across the board between gen ed, anybody specifically kids with autism, Mm -hmm. but anybody. Um, But I also think social skills are taught at an early age and taught Mm -hmm. all the way through up. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're never taught social skills, if you're, it's like, for example, if you're never taught to how to lay out um, a table formally, Mm -hmm. you would never know that a knife and a spoon go on a certain side and a fork go on a certain side and you would n- never know that, for example, it's mm-hmm. um, rude to burp at a table here in America, but it's a compliment over there in Japan. So there's a social difference, too, with the cultural differences. Mm-hmm. So if you're never taught any of this growing up from early age all the way on, it's hard for the world to accept what is different. Mm-hmm. Or what yeah. is unique. I like to say the word unique because we're all different. All of us oh, yeah. are different. 
So I like I to mean, say unique because they have mm-hmm. a unique personality. They have a unique way of seeing things. And I absolutely love it because Curtis has taught me so many things. And I'm like, oh, never thought. How'd you get that? Like That is so cool. I know. There's some of the things that, you know, I you know? was, he was uh, doing a, a Zoom thing with his youth group last week. Right. And, you know, I thought, buddy, you're asking questions that are, you know, because they're trying to figure out who's lying and not. Right. At first I thought, man, buddy, you're asking questions that don't. And then I had to check myself because he's asking questions about little tiny details that we would never think. But that detail and how a person answers that question will come out. Yep. And it's yep. like. Okay, so whether they answer that question about whether the elephants have tusks or not can tell you exactly. Right. You know, if they say, well, how many elephants had had tusks and how many didn't, you know, or if they just kind of do a blanket statement, it's like, oh, I get Mm -hmm. it. Well, that just shows you that he picks up on every small detail because it goes back to how many times we take in a lot of things. But our brain doesn't process it all. It's just automatic. Like, for example, you're walking in a crowd of people. Your brain picks up that there's so many with red shirts, so many with hats and so many not. But we don't remember it. We just keep going. But those on the spectrum, I've noticed that they'll pick up on it and they will remember it. So they will be able to, hey, did you notice this or that? Oh, nope. See, you weren't there because you didn't notice it and things like Mm -hmm. that. And so they pick up the smallest details. Oh yeah. Well, and they can fixate on that small detail that doesn't seem important because it can be the overall thing that, that um, speaks to them or or they relate to. Which is the function. So it's not Mm -hmm. wrong. It's just the function of that behavior or the why of that behavior is it makes sense to me in this whole entire alienated world that this Mm -hmm. world is filled with stuff they don't understand guess what i found that one piece of comfort i'm gonna hold on to it but it's also their function of too is like hey do you see this yeah i know i'm talking about this but this is my way of talking to you i'm allowing Mm -hmm. you into my world yeah i Mm -hmm. might annoy you but guess what eventually i'm gonna fixate on something else and you're gonna see who i really am because autism is only a quarter of who you are because they have a personality and they always will and so sometimes my way or their way of saying hey i remember coming over to your house and meeting the first week with curtis we talked nothing about but robots i had no problem with it none but as we moved on Guess what? Now you know that I know that you love robots. Oh, you're struggling with something. Hey, let's play a robot game. Let's do something. Let's bring your piece of comfort right. back while you're learning something new, which your anxiety is mm-hmm. running high. But let me give you that comfort. And guess what? I now taught you something that you're completely afraid to do. Yeah. But because you talked to me a week about robots, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was able to know every little detail about the robots. Oh, he'll tell you everything. <laughs> but that's accepting. That's And acceptance mm-hmm. is work. It mm-hmm. takes work. But your friendships take work. So to right. me, when I think of acceptance is you're going into their world to become their friend. You're going right. in there to show them what you can offer and what they can Mm -hmm. offer to you. And I think that's what friendship is in general or acceptance. And, and it, for, you know, for those of us that are not on the spectrum, that is, can be a 
a little bit easier. I mean, there mm-hmm. are people who can be termed as awkward or whatever. I mean, there's any different number of whatever right. adjectives that people throw out to right. um, describe us. But on a, you know, well, and I can't even say normal. I, I, there's right. just no There is no there. such thing as normal. Sorry. No, there isn't. Um, but <laughs> for you and I, for us to find um, common things, that we were interested in that where we could relate was just a matter of having a back and forth conversation. Right. That's something that is extremely difficult for those on the spectrum. I mean, for Curtis, it's, it's very difficult, Mm -hmm. but the thing that, uh, for him to even come up to anybody and try to begin a conversation right now is amazing. 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 I mean, it's years and years of practice on his Yeah, end. two, three years, years ago, mm-mm, he would have hid behind me the whole time. Yeah. If you said something, I mean, and still to this day, sometimes if he's uncomfortable in the situation, he'll hide behind me mm-hmm. because it's, I don't like what's going on or it can be too overwhelming. Right, right. Oh, that sensory part is just uh, that we, we could spend weeks, weeks and weeks talking about sensory. Have you ever seen the YouTube video? Um, and it talks about the, it, it was written by a kid with autism, but he does a drawing and an animated YouTube video, but he goes in, he sits down at a coffee shops. And as he sits down, all of a sudden it draws your attention to the clinging of a fan in the room. Then it draws your attention to the noise of the coffee cups, then the talking, and then just the sounds and then he bring he brightens up the YouTube video and overload with your sensory. So when you're sitting there watching it, I'm like, I'm over. Whoa, whoa. And that's what they do every day. Wait. I couldn't. I saw, I saw something similar about going into like say a Walmart. Mm-hmm. And that's why at times, you know, I'm like, it's okay. We need to, you know, right. if, if he just needs to get the noises out and just do whatever, let him, let him do it for a little bit. Let him mm-hmm. do it. If it's in our backyard or in our house, just this is a safe place. He can do it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Get it out so that when we can go in there. And then I always take into consideration. That's what we do um, as autism moms, um, parents or guardians is, that's why we are so stressed out all the time is because we have to think as soon as we hit that door and we go to leave our house, do I have, I mean, do I have the headphones to put on just in case it's too loud? Do I have fidget toys? Do I have, mm-hmm. you know, the right, this, that, or the other thing? There's a million things that we have to go on a checklist to make sure that we have. We have right. to always watch for these situations mm-hmm. so that there, our child isn't overwhelmed. Right. Um. And it gets it's tough on us on us moms and parents. It really is. Um, and, it is. and people, and we get so used to this checklist and being aware of these things on a regular basis that we don't we once it becomes so secondary nature to us that it you know we're looking at all these things you know I don't I don't necessarily have to go through and think okay. Do I need to make sure where's the right. door so that um, and where's Curtis sitting so that he doesn't run out for something? If he goes out somewhere, do I know where the door is at so he doesn't elope? Because that right. is something that is common that can be common for those on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. If something is too overwhelming, 
they may have escape behavior and try to elope, which is to take off. Mm-hmm. To get escape it, to get mm-hmm. away from that sensory overload. Yep. And then mm-hmm. all safety concerns come into oh, play. Oh, my goodness. Because all they're thinking is, I'm out of here. They're not mm-hmm. thinking about, I gotta get away. The I gotta get away. They're not they're thinking not- about whether or not they may be running into traffic. Nope. Not at all. Not at they're all. just trying to get away. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's just, I mean, there's so many things, so many things to be aware of and to accept right. to truly understand. Um, it's just, it's mind boggling. I, you know, sometimes I have to stop and think, man, all that kind of stuff has just become second nature. to me. It does. Oh. Cause I remember when I first started, um, doing ABA, it was I was a train wreck, (laughs) (laughs) but you, uh, met me in my prime time years. And, um, but when I first started, the parent was checking on me more than I was, but eventually became secondhand and it does Mm -hmm. become secondhand. I'm constantly doing it now within my own classroom. Okay. So-and-so can't sit here and here and here because this, 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 and this is going to happen. And you do that constantly. Um, Mm -hmm. those who even have, um, kids who are not on the spectrum, you're still doing it. You're just not doing it to the extent of how do I help him cope or how can I eliminate some of these factors that is going to happen? Because a Walmart trip is not a 15 minute trip. It oh, is. heavens no. It's a trip. <laughs> you might Let as well call it you. an eight hour field trip. It's a trip. Yes. <laughs> I am so happy they have started the whole, you know, curbside to go thing. I mean, I cannot be happier. Right. Curbside is my friend. It is. Because going into stores sometimes is just no. no. And you have Mm -mm. to catch, you have to catch them in the right mood, just like you have Mm -hmm. to catch your typical kids in the right mood. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they're a little bit more easier to be flexible, but it goes back to what you said. I'm overloaded here. I don't know how to be flexible. And now you're asking me to go into something that's going to send me over the edge with sensory overload. Mom. No. Not going to happen, mom. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we always have to gauge our day on that. I mean, that's, and that's one of the reasons right. why we got our service. Mm-hmm. Um, Chewy is such a help to Curtis in those situations. Um, and, you know, he's, he's even started going to church with um, Curtis now. And I am Good. so grateful that he's able to do that um, because it helps so much. Um People don't get how that tethering, just that little bit of pull that Chewie has on Curtis by being wrapped around his waist and, you know, tucked into his waist there, his little walking pull, just that little bit of tension. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge calming factor for Curtis. It's crazy. It is. You know, I, I really do think Curtis thinks, wait, I have responsibility now. This is him. I've learned how to cope with him he gives me what i need but he also i can trust him to catch some of my own things so if i need something he's going to be able mm-hmm. to give it to me right at the ends of the touch but i also yeah. think that he goes wait i can't do x y and z either because this is my friend i can't do this yeah. to my friend my dog i i can't mm-hmm. he's there for me is just as much i am there for him and i think between the combination of the tension between that is phenomenal yeah he's He's been acknowledging how much Chewie is his friend. Okay. And, you know, animals can be our friends, and that's totally okay. It is. And it's a good thing. And 
I, I cannot be more pleased. And and that, of course, is another thing you always have to make. You know, not every animal is going to be turn out to be an awesome service dog, right. but you know, God knew what He was doing. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I can say. Um, because Chewy is right there for Curtis all the time, even all when the there's time. any any sort of you know Curtis get, is starting any sort of tension. He's right there, knowing yep. that okay, my boy needs me. That's yep. what we tell him. Go to your boy. Go to your boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool. Yeah, but now, oh, with that being said, bringing it back to awareness and acceptance, don't go up and if they have the vest, don't go up and go pet oh, up yeah. on them. Don't because mm -hmm. that they have been trained to when the vest is off, they'll come talk to you. They'll oh, yeah. go because I remember multiple times um, we were sitting there and he's taking a test and Chewie's up there with them. And I'm like, biting my nose, like, all right, Curtis, you got this. You got this. And I go go put. Chewy and I'm like, oh, oh, nope, he's working, Kelsey. You can't. <laughs> you yeah. can't. And that, and because he is working, but when that vest came off, Chewy's like, hey, who are you? Hi. <laughs> so when they're working out in the community, don't don't even go up and ask um the owner, hey, can I no? He's working right now. He's yeah. helping you. Now it doesn't mean you can't say, hey, your dog is cool. Tell me about your dog. Now you've opened up a way to talk to them. Now you're opening up, Hey, I'm now starting conversation with you. And then the parents sometimes would say, Hey, they're nonverbal, but this is so-and-so dog. And then they can help you help them have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so, and that shows acceptance. Mm -hmm. that, exactly. it means that you're not looking at them. You know, I don't know how many times. Yeah. So choose a sheep who, and he's smaller. Okay. So I have, People look and I, I, I know you know, you can just tell when people are looking at you and they kind of have that snarl on their face. Like, yeah. how are, why are you taking this cute little dog and trying to put a vest on him and saying he's a service dog? Because I done paid for him to be a service dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he's he's been through the training. He right, really has. He has. And it, it's it was one of the greatest compliments, I think. Uh, we ever received um, for us and for his trainer was we were in an airport. Okay. And it was crazy. You know, we're in line and of course there's two this is way before a couple years ago, I think it was. Um, he, we were in line getting ready to go and, you know, Chewie's walking right beside Curtis sitting when he stops, right. you know, walking with him. Then he sits, he sits when he stops um, because he knows that he's just supposed to wait right there for Curtis and he pays attention to Curtis all the, the whole time. He's always watching and looking up at Curtis to see where he's going because that right. he knows his attention has to be on Curtis. Right. And one of the, a couple of the um, I think there were security guards or people from that particular airline um, desk said, now, you know, that's a service dog. That's a real service dog. Look at how well <laughs> he's trained. I was like, yes, yes. Thank see? you. Thank you. <laughs> no, he's not my cute. Yes, he's an adorable dog, but he's not my cute little dog that I slap a vest on for the heck of it. Right, exactly. Uh, he does he, work because when oh, sometimes when that vest comes off, he sleeps. He's like, I'm done. Oh, <laughs> you gotta give oh me goodness, a break. Yes. <laughs> like, no, leave me alone. I'm done yeah. working. Don't yeah. bother me. <laughs> so that's another outlet. So bringing it back, um, that's another outlet. You can look into possibly getting a service dog, a therapy, emotional support dog for your child. Um, I highly recommend it. I really do. Um, there's not a lot of insurance companies that will 
help you pay for that. Right. But, you know, you can do fundraisers or whatever to help because that therapy or find a place that has a therapy dog. Right. You know, don't don't go, you know, heading off to do that right away until you've seen how your child reacts to a therapy dog. Right. That is exactly. Key That's key. Mm-hmm. And there are there are several places that you can um I know that um we've been to a uh, counselor before and in that counseling office they had two therapy dogs um and so you know had we not had curtis if curtis didn't have chewy before then then we could have seen um we saw the reason that we you know got chewy in the first place and his particular breed is we saw curtis with a shipu and he started petting a shipu and his he was heightened really heightened and then he just mellowed directly out and was like Oh, we got to get us one of those. <laughs> and then we learned about doing the, the service dog training. And that has been even more helpful because he can go anywhere, you know, because he's certified and he's trained, fully trained. Um, and mm-hmm. we have a certificate of training and everything. He can go anywhere, including restaurants. And right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, if it's something you want to do, look into it and understand, you know, there's going to be a price. There's, you have to learn how to train them, how to follow through mm-hmm. with the training yep. because your dog is only going to be as good as you are willing to follow through with the training. Right. Yep. So Exactly. I love it. I know it, it helps us. It gives me a little bit of, um, I don't have to be so afraid when we're on shopping trips and we're right. in the parking lot anymore. You get to relax. You get to enjoy a trip out with your kids a little bit. Right. The, the, you know, the level of, Maximum security goes down just, you know, a couple. Just a couple, not just. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Oh, goodness. Good. Well, I think that we've covered kind of a lot of different areas of potential acceptance versus awareness and some understanding. And I hope that's been helpful for um, everyone as you've listened, um, watched, um, or it now tonight as it's been live or if you li- listen at a different or watch at a different time um our next uh podcast will be live on april 13th uh next monday at seven central and we're gonna <laughs> kind of just be talking more about this understanding to bring you from mm-hmm. awareness awareness to acceptance yep um so if you have any specific questions at all about how to get from, or if you are aware and you want to understand so you can become a more accepting persis, person, um, please email us at info at myspectrumlife.com. Or I'll let you take it away on the other um, forms of media. You can contact us. us uh, at- messages on our Facebook us at facebook.com, myspectrumlife. Or Instagram us on My Spectrum Life or Twitter.com, My Spectrum Life with the number one. Um, we have multiple medias that you guys can reach out and we would love to hear out. We would love to hear from you. The more you interact with us, the more we can interact with you. Um, and I really look forward to that component. It's one of my favorite parts. Yes. So. Yes, it is. It, it is. And um, if you are watching us on YouTube at all, please like us and subscribe as that will help um further some more um capabilities within youtube itself um but uh, anyway as um as we all know 
with a little faith, love, and grab them fidget toys. <laughs> we can make it. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. 